Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen to today's message from God's Word. Gospel of John, chapter number 2. Everybody's found that place, say amen. amen. And there your King James Bible says, In the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. When they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. I think that's pretty good advice for all of us, don't you? Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. Eternal Father, we ask you now that you would touch your word to our hearts and to our lives. One more time this side of eternity, I beg you for the unction of the Holy Ghost to be upon me, to make me to be an instrument unto righteousness, a vessel unto honor unto my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Touch me, I pray, my mind, my mouth. Use my tongue, I pray, to declare the whole counsel of God as you would have it to be declared. Help me to say whatever you want me to say and nothing more. And we'll bless you for what you accomplish. May it find lodging place in lives tonight for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This, the first miracle that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. The changing or the transformation of water into wine or unfermented grape juice. The wedding festivities had come to a halt to a point that it was being embarrassing. Apparently the quantity of wine needed for the guest had been underestimated or possibly unprepared. 
many folks along this journey of life have underestimated what it takes to get ready for the wedding. Preacher got it. The wedding in the sky. Many folks have underestimated and they've undervalued and they've unprepared for the wedding that is to take place. When the bridegroom is married to the bride in the sky. Amen. You know, I, it's kind of funny, preacher. I've been just, I've done about every part there is to do in a wedding except be part of the bride. But I will be one day. It's coming. And the saved by grace will be part of the bride of Christ. But only those that have been washed in the blood, been born again, will be there. Amen. Many folks are not prepared. The Lord Jesus is the only one who can get you prepared. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 4, verse number 12, Neither is there salvation in the other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There is no other plan. There is no other way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes unto the Father but by Him and through His name. But thank God because Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, every one of us through His name have access to the very throne of God. Amen. Now the number six is the number of man. Mankind is incapable of getting prepared for eternity by themselves. But Jesus is able to save all who come unto God by Him. I love that verse of Scripture in Hebrews. It says that Jesus died for every man. Hallelujah goes right in there. He died for every man, not just a few. But I'm glad he paid sin's debt for every person that will call upon his name. Now for a little while I want you to notice the instructions given by Christ to these folks that said, I want you to fill the water parts. Six of them. Each containing from two to three firkins apiece. That is 14 to 25 gallons in each water pot. You number that times six, and you're going to get from 90 to 150 gallons of water that is changed into wine. Then he said, draw out. Notice his instruction. You pour it in, and then you draw it out. I want you to notice that pattern. You pour it in, and then you draw it out. I like it already. Number one, you pour in your sin and you draw out his forgiveness. You pour in your sin and you draw out his forgiveness. Hallelujah. The Bible says, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, not to try to hide them or excuse them or justify ourselves. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank God for His forgiveness and cleansing 
of all our sins. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, the Bible said, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace. We're saved by grace through faith, not of works lest anyone should boast. It's not about what you can do. It's about what he's already done. It's about the plan of salvation that was finished on the cross of Calvary and became alive when he walked out of the tomb. The bank account established in heaven by the grace of God says, I forgive. Glory to God. Don't sit there if you want to. I can have a spell all by myself. The bank account on the heaven's book says, I forgive. Amen. Amen. Mm, for by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. No matter who you are, who you think you are, or where you came from, or who you're kin to, you must be washed, you must be cleansed, you must be made righteous, you must be made holy in the blood of the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. You must be born again. It's a necessity. But when you are, you are forgiven. Hallelujah. In our world today, there are a lot of folks who are trying to proclaim that sin in our lives really doesn't matter. Oh, but it does matter. It really matters to the one true and living, holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Years ago, I was preaching a meeting and gave an invitation. A little lady stepped up to the front. She was in her late 20s, probably tears streaming down her face. And I stepped to the side and I asked her, I said, what can I do? What can I help you pray about? And she looked at me and said, Preacher, can God really forgive me? She said, Preacher, if it's ever been bad, I've done it. I've been a part of it. I've done everything there is that's been wrong. I've been a drunkard. I've been a whoremonger. I've been a dope addict. I even killed my own unborn baby. Preacher, if it's ever been bad, I've done it. Can God really forgive me? I said, why don't you try him and see? She bowed beside the communion table and she began to call on the Lord God of heaven. And I didn't try to tell her what to say. I just knew she was pouring her heart out unto the Lord. And it wasn't a long time, but just in a few minutes, she stood to her feet and raised up both hands and said, He did! He did! He did! I've never felt this clean before. Why? Because he hears, he answers prayer, he cleanses, and he forgives. Glory to God. Pour in your sin. Draw out his forgiveness. Number two, pour in your prayers and draw out his answers. Pour in your prayers and call out, draw out his answers. Jeremiah said, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He said, then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. The apostle Paul gives us instruction to pray without ceasing. Why? Because God answers prayer. And don't give up on him, but keep ringing the prayer bells of heaven. God's hearing. Sometimes he answers immediately. Sometimes he says, let's wait. Sometimes he says, no. Amen. And you ought to be grateful for every time God said no. Because there's a better yes somewhere else. Don't give up. Keep ringing the prayer bells. Keep praying. 
pray without ceasing. That means to be in an attitude of prayer all the time. Amen. If you're in an attitude of prayer, it's hard for you to get mad. If you're in an attitude of prayer, it's hard for you to get upset with somebody else. If you're in an attitude of prayer, it's hard for you to get out of sorts. If you're in an attitude of prayer, there'll be a sweetness and there'll be a calmness and there'll be a peace in your life when you're in an attitude of prayer that you won't find anywhere else. Amen. Number three, pour in your problems. Draw out his guidance. <laughs> he knows what to do, and he knows how to do it. And you can depend on the fact that he never, ever makes a mistake. He still doeth all things well. He who knows the end from the beginning, instead of us whining and murmuring and complaining all the time, bring it and give it to Jesus and leave it with him. And quit bothering the pastor with it. Quit bothering mom and dad with it. Lay it down at Jesus' feet and let him have it. Give it to him. Pour in your problem. Draw out his guidance. Bring it to Jesus and trust him with it. The Bible says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. In Matthew 21, 22, the Bible said, And all things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Wow. I wish Baptists could get a hold of that. When we ask, Believing, we shall receive an answer. That's a promise of God. We ought to quit selling the Lord short on his promises because he's never lied to us yet. The Bible said in Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, he still can. He still will. It's been about 12, 13 years ago now. My wife and I have a big boy. Our son's six, eight and a half. And you can't call that a boy. He's really big. And about 13 years ago, 12, 13 years ago, he was up in a tree stand 24 feet off the ground. Nobody had been in that stand for a long time. They hadn't checked it. They didn't know what kind of shape it was in. But he got up there and he sat down. It was bow season. His bow was hanging there and his backpack was hanging there. He talked to his mom and he talked to his wife and he dropped the phone in that backpack behind him. When he turned back around to sit down on the seat, the seat broke, collapsed, and dropped him 24 feet to the ground. Collapsed and fractured his L5 in his back. He had to crawl over 300 yards, pulling himself along with his arm, with his hand, this wrist was broke. This finger was sticking out to one side. He actually pulled it back in place himself so he could hold on to the steering wheel. He crawled back to the four-wheeler. Had no feeling in his legs. He couldn't walk at all. When he got back to the four-wheeler, he thought, how am I going to get on that thing? Thank God he'd left the key in it. He reached and got it with one hand and somehow had enough strength to pull himself up on it, pick his leg up and turn it around and sit down so he could drive it. They got him to the hospital in Raleigh, North Carolina. 
In the middle of the night, they called in the number one trauma team in North Carolina. That wasn't an accident at all. They did surgery on his back. We got there as soon as we could. That's seven hours from us. We got there as soon as we could. But when we got there, he was in the bed. Two days later, he still couldn't feel his feet. The doctor came in with his PA and he looked at us and he said, You know, I know your son's an athlete. I know he's played ball all his life. But I don't know if he'll ever walk or run or be normal again. We feel like our, our work was a success. But we just don't know if he'll ever be okay. His PA looked over at us though and said, but you never know what God will do. Amen. After a while, my wife and I went down and started across the, the corridor of the hospital, and it was a humongous building. We went across that corridor, and as we were going, I noticed, and we noticed, the fellow that got up at the door and out of a seat and came toward us. And it was obvious he was coming to meet us. When he got there, he came to me and he stuck out his hand. And he reached for my hand and I just reached to take hold of his. And he looked at me and he said, Are you a preacher? I said, Yes, sir, guilty. He said, He said you were. He squeezed my hand with both of his and tears began to trickle down his face. As he looked at me and said, he said for me to tell you, it's going to be all right. Amen. Glory. I can tell you it's been all right. Six months later, our son was in the home run derby in a professional softball game. And now we got... Two of the prettiest grand youngins you've ever laid your eyes on. Why? Because God still hears and God still answers prayer. He's still able to do whatever is necessary. Pour in your problems, draw out his guidance. Pour in your sorrows, draw out his comfort. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Hebrews 4, 15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And in verse 16, he said, Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Does Jesus care? Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary and the long nights dreary, I know. I know. 
my Savior cares. Pour in your sorrow. Draw out his comfort. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. <laughs> Several years ago now, we were in Elk Park, North Carolina. And we started off the concert outside on the back of a flatbed trailer. It wasn't very long into the concert until we had a power surge that hit, burned up part of the PA set, and we had to start all over again. We moved off of that platform, went inside to a building that hadn't been used in several years, had to get the chairs down and dust them off and set them up so people could actually use them. It took probably an hour to get everything back together again and get to where we could sing some more. We'd been singing on that stage probably 30, 35 minutes. And I thought we was having a pretty good practice session because they were sitting there looking at us like a calf looking at a new gate. They wasn't enjoying nothing. And I figured, you know, this day is blown. They've been here too long already. They always want to go home. We started singing the song, If You Only Knew. God the Holy Ghost came easing through and began to blow across people's hearts. And there was a little lady sitting on about the fourth row right in the middle who had sat there and looked at us like this the whole time. Looked like a mule-eating sawbrier. She was just not having any good fun at all. But when we were singing that song and the Holy Ghost got to moving, all at once she jumped to her feet, she kicked her chair over, and she shouted up and down that aisle, run up and down that aisle like a wild Comanche. And then she put her hand over her mouth like she was embarrassed. And she sat back down. But as soon as the concert was over, we went downstairs and we were standing at the door to shake hands with everybody, thanking them for all the patience they had had and waiting on us and, and the time that they had been there. She come running straight to me. She grabbed me with both hands and she pulled my hand over to her and she said, Oh, I am so sorry I made such a spectacle out of myself up there. I said, well, ma'am, I don't know about anybody else, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Amen. I'm really glad when I see somebody get beside themselves in the Lord Jesus Christ and know that it's real. She couldn't help it. She said, you know, me and my sister have lived together for several years. Both of our husbands have passed on. We've just been our best friends for years. She said, but about three months ago, she died. And I've been so down and out, and I've been so distraught, and I, I've been so hurt and upset, I didn't know what to do until you started singing that song. And it dawned on me where she is. And what she's a-seeing. And what she might be doing. And she said, when I... That came to me. I couldn't handle it. Mm. 
she got beside herself. She had the cane helpings. I would to God that we would get over ourselves. I would to God that we would get over ourselves and over our pity parties and over all the things that we think are wrong and just praise the Lord for what it's going to be like. It's still better farther on than it has been behind us. He cares. He said, I came that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. But you only have it in him, not in you. Number five, pour in your need. Draw out his supply. Oh, my. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You don't get a better bank account than that. It's not available in this world. So what do you need? Jesus has it. And he said, you can have it. If you'll believe, you shall receive. The doors of opportunity are available to you to get from the Lord what you really need. Now, he never did say he is going to supply your wants. Amen. Because a lot of your wants, a lot of my wants are not what he wants. A lot of my wants, a lot of your wants are not good for us. Amen. Pour in your need. Draw out his supply. Get your hearts and your minds fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Find out how good it is living for Christ. And be content with such as you have. Number six, pour in your future. Draw out his eternity. Pour in your future. Draw out his eternity. I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Jesus stepped out of eternity into time so that we could step out of time into his eternity. I get to go with him. I said I get to go with him. You're saved by the grace of God. You really do get to go. It's not a fairy tale. You really do get to go. If you're really saved by the grace of God, one of these days the trumpet's going to sound, the voice is going to ring out with a shout, gravity's going to lose its hold, and we're going out of here. Amen. Absolutely nothing can separate me from the love of Christ my Lord. My God, my King, my Redeemer, my dearest friend. He is everything that anybody will ever need now and forever. I'm trusting to the unseen hand that guides me through this weary land and some sweet day 
I'll reach that strand, still guided by the unseen hand. <laughs> I'm glad my future is safe and secure in him. It don't matter who's sitting on President Trump's seat. Amen. Doesn't matter who's in the White House. What matters is Jesus is on the throne. All things are going to be the way he said they're going to be. Amen. Stand to your feet, please.